0: Economic news on SAFM. Facts and figures you can count on. We're joined now by Nadir Token, investment analyst at 27.4 Investment Managers. Just a quick one to answer the question by one of our listeners yesterday about the oil price and why we don't procure from um, uh, countries on the continent. Yeah. yeah, look, Sakina, I mean, at the end of the day, you've got to look at where where global oil production happens, right? So, I mean, uh, something like uh, 80, or in excess of 70% of global oil production um, happens within the OPEC countries. So, you know, just to reason that the majority of the oil that you import is going to be from those countries, that's the first thing. The second thing is that um, we actually do import quite a significant amount of oil um, from African countries, particularly Nigeria, which constitutes about 24% of our oil imports. So we do import oil from other African countries. Um, and it, it, it's quite to get beyond those numbers because the issue becomes, um, you know, you're naturally going to start importing oil from the um, fr- fr- from the, the the OPEC nations as they're the ones with the lowest cost of production. And what that means is that, um, you know, they're obviously going to have a lot more margin in terms of playing with to to, to, to sell oil um, to their to their clients because they have the biggest profit margins. And as a result of that, um, you know, it's one the quality of the oil or the grade of oil is quite. Important important, and obviously we know that uh, oil coming out of the Middle East is obviously of the the highest quality, containing the lowest sulfur, Um, and the second thing is also that there's probably a greater scope for discounting on uh, oil from the Middle East, given the kind of margins that those countries are operating from. So I think, you know, and and just given the scope of uh, the, the amount of oil that they produce relative to the rest of the world. So I think those are some of the contributing factors, but at the end of the day, we still do import quite a significant amount of oil From other African countries like Nigeria Let's talk now about The Federal Reserve's decision To put interest rates on hold, Nadir Yeah, Sakina, I think broadly expected from the market, um, you know, after the 25 basis point increase um, in June or just a month ago um, and the fourth interest rate increase in this interest rate increasing cycle since the end of 2015, um, you know, I think uh, the market was broadly expecting interest rates to stay on hold but uh, that really wasn't what they were looking out for and what they were looking out for was what is the Federal Reserve going to say with regards to uh, tightening its monetary policy, with, re- with regards to, um, you know, reining in its bond purchasing program, its $4.5 trillion balance sheet. And I think, uh, you know, the language used by the Fed is that relatively soon was um, the, the exact words used with regards to when the scaling back of that bond purchasing program is going to happen. And I think, uh, you know, the mar- given the kind of data that's been coming out of the U.S., particularly the very, very encouraging employment numbers, um, and if all stays on track, for GDP growth numbers of about 2.5% for the second quarter, which is going to be released on Friday. Um, You know, if if we're on track to meet those numbers, I think, uh, you know, the market is starting to price in a scaling back of that $4.5 trillion bond purchasing program as soon as September, which is when the FOMC um, next has its rate decision meeting. And I think, uh, you know, that's obviously going to have quite profound impacts with regards to, um, you know, a, a, a tightening of liquidity in the global Financial system, and also just the signal it sends, which you know could result in uh, you know f- uh, the, uh, or allocations and flows to emerging markets becoming a lot more discerning, which is obviously is what uh, may impact South Africa. And uh, you know, given uh, the, the, the low growth environment that we're in, and given the deteriorating fiscal position that we're in, and still, yes, uh, the significant bond inflows that we've seen this year, um, you know, cumulatively at around about. 75 to 80 billion rand so far into our bond market this year and that's really been a top-down call because global liquidity has still remained very, very flush Um, and the scaling back of that QE program um, hasn't happened to the extent that the market has expected. So Sakina, something we're going to keep a close eye on and probably look out for uh, at the September FOMC meeting. And then uh, Nadir, Cecil earnings and Samsung also their earnings out. Tell us about those. Yeah, look, I mean, I think let's start off with Samsung earnings given, uh, you know, just how impressive they were. So if you look at it, uh, $9.9 billion increase in net profits for uh, the first quarter. Um, so, sorry, $9.9 billion absolute number. And that was a 75% increase year on year, which is obviously a massive number. The main drivers of that revenue was actually, uh, unlike what's become the recent trend in terms of smartphones driving that profitability number, uh, the main driver of that was... This, the, the selling of components onto, onto uh, the customers like Apple, which ironically is also their, their, their competitor. So, you know, in the semiconductor and in the, in the TV panel space, um, you know, Samsung obviously uh, is a market leader in, 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 in the manufacturing of those electronic components, and that was actually the main driver of net profitability for the, for the first quarter, Sakina. And I think, uh, you know, if you look at uh, the, the Galaxy S8 as well, obviously winning a, a really good reviews and uh, making a very strong recovery after a disastrous ga- uh, a Galaxy S7 um, a Note and Galaxy S7 Note Plus, uh, you know, which obviously was a disaster in terms of catching on fire and this was the first premium phone which Samsung had released subsequent to that and it had been very, very well received from the market and we saw quite strong numbers um, out of those sales for the first quarter as well. So Sakina, when you aggregate it all, um, you know, you're looking at uh, a company that, um, you know, it's it's probably gonna have delivered better net profitability than one of its biggest rivals and its closest competitors that the market watches in terms of smartphones, which is Apple, which is expected to come in with net revenue of about $8.2 billion uh, for the first quarter. So Samsung significantly ahead of Uh, But given that we're still going to see the release of the 10-year anniversary iPhone later this year... Um, you know, Apple is still expected to put Samsung at the post in terms of full-year full year net profitability, uh, but we're going to have to wait and see how the 10-year anniversary phone um, is rolled out. In terms of Sasol se- earnings, um, you know, we, we saw guidance from Sasol management that earnings is likely to be about 10 to 15 percent lower, um, and that's really on the back of a lower oil price and a stronger RAND as expected, Sakina. And this is despite um, its Secunda coal-to-liquid uh, plant, and Actually, uh, p- producing record volumes in the last financial year and you know the, 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 all those gains are basically offset by a stronger RAND and a and a, and a, weak, and a weaker or range-bound oil environment. So Sakina I think uh, the next big thing Sassol is waiting for is their late Charles Ethan Cracker to come online and you know um, that, that's obviously promising great things with regards to its delivery and at the moment I think Sassol is very very focused given the amount of capex they've spent on that remember being the largest CAPEX investor in the U.S. in the year 2014 Mm. because of that project. And, uh, you know, that project expected to be about half of uh, basically their net output. It is a massive CAPEX project. So waiting for that to come online and all focus on getting that delivered on time and on budget. Nadir, thanks so much. We'll leave it there for today. And that was Nadir Token, investment analyst at 274 Investment Managers.